to Here So We Don't Get Fined. My name is David. My name is Thomas. And we are back with another episode. Back like we never left. There's been a lot going on in the National Football League. That there has. That there has. Uh, Obviously, the season came to a close. A conclusion. On Sunday. Week 18, the final season. The matchups are set uh, for the NFL playoffs. We are going to go through that bracket. We are going to talk about some storylines that are coming along with the end of the season, with the uh, with the playoffs, and we're going to talk about all the coaches that have been fired and are likely to get fired so far this season and this off season. Also, uh, we don't have to video, so as a finale, you guys can't see the massive grin on Thomas's face. I don't know what you're talking what about. What are you, what, what are you? I, I was just, I was thinking of different synonyms for close. And I was just going to come in at the end of your rambling with more words for close. I wasn't rambling. Yeah, it was a little bit of a ramble. How was that a ramble? I was explaining what's about to happen in the you're podcast. Right, you're right, you're right. I'm sorry. In the middle of your monologue. It wasn't even a monologue. It was kind of a monologue. A monologue lasting less than 30 seconds isn't a monologue. It's just a small monologue. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's a sentence. What's the... Di- no. A 30-second sentence is way too long for a sentence. No, it's not. Either that or you speak too slow. You clearly never wrote a paper in college. I wrote plenty of papers. You Me proofread too. my papers. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you What are you trying to get at here? I'm trying to... Me, me saying what we're doing for the podcast... Is not a monologue. Okay, well, what's the definition of a monologue, then? I don't know off-rip. Well, you're the Mr. Oh, that's not a monologue, so I would assume you would know what a monologue is. Definitively speaking. A monologue is a long speech. That was a long speech. It was not a long speech. And specifically, a monologue is a long speech by an actor in a play or a movie or as a part of a theatrical or broadcast system or is a long tedious speech by one person during a conversation sounds like a monologue to me what was long and tedious about what i said the whole 30 seconds what was long and tedious about it first of all 30 seconds not very long i think that's subjective how is it tedious that's subjective how is it tedious it was tedious because i had to sit here and patiently listen do you know what tedious means yes okay i just i really don't understand how that was a monologue, but you know what? You believe what you want to believe, Thomas. That's the beauty of America. I know this is a win for me, but it doesn't feel like it. Why? I don't because you. I don't know. Why? You're a crazy person. Obviously, was that the only thing you were doing that big old grin for? Yep. You look like you had something like a really bad joke you were going to say like you normally do during the podcast. Nope. I feel like you did. What was it? No, there was no joke. That was literally what it was. Me monologuing? No. Me figuring out new words for, or synonyms for the word close because you said the NFL season has come to a close. And then late, like super late, I was going to chime in with another word you could use as a finale. And to me, that tickled me. But <laughs> Oh, you're an idiot. You just laughed. I was funny. I'm laughing at you. 
that's I'm the, not laughing yeah, at your joke. I'm laughing at you. And where do jokes come from? <laughs> Me. Well, when a mama joke and a daddy joke okay. love each other. Okay. Calm down. Do not patronize me. I'm funny. I, you laughed as a direct result of something I did that was intended to be funny. Therefore, it was funny. Therefore, I am funny. Lawyered. Lawyered. Don't, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't do your little noises that you make when you imply someone's wrong, okay? Thomas, I'm not implying you're wrong. I'm stating a fact. You are wrong. I'm not implying I'm stating. No, because you said stating a fact, and then you said something that was unfactual. I mean, technically it is subjective, so you are correct. That's right. But I'm not implying. I am stating. Well, I'm stating you're a dum-dum. You're funny looking. You're funny looking. I know. Meow. <laughs> Back to making Thomas meow. Two episodes in a row. You gonna, you gonna continue monologuing or? I'm not monologuing, Thomas. This is a podcast. It's not a monologue. I mean, there. I would. I would wager that in podcasts there are stretches of monologue. That's fair. Yeah. Boom, shakalaka. Are you going to offer anything to the podcast, or am I leading the whole thing? I mean, I, I just, I since I interrupted you, I didn't know if you had more to go on. But if you don't have more to go on... I mean, I've got a ton more. But uh, if you still got, if you got something else you want to say, you know? Nope. All right, well, we will start with the playoff bracket in the National Football League. I, th- I think we all knew that. The number one seed in the NFL, uh, or in the NFC, was the San Francisco 49ers. So they will contain a first-round bye. Uh, and then we have the Dallas Cowboys versus the Green Bay Packers. Mike McCarth- McCarthy? Mike McCarthy facing his old team. Dallas attempting to overcome a not-great matchup. In Green Bay. I and what I mean by that is historically, Green Bay tends to beat up on Dallas. I bet C.D. Lamb drops a crucial a crucial ball in this game. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, we have Dallas and Green Bay. That's going to be a good game. I think, again, Dallas struggles against Green Bay uh, at home, especially, which is odd. Yeah. But Mike McCarthy facing the Packers. Former team he coached. That's why it's significant, yeah. Okay, calm down. That's why I said Mike McCarthy versus the Packers instead of Mike McCarthy versus Matt LaFleur. Calm down. Okay. You should use that little pea brain in there. Excuse me for elaborating. I know right now your two little brain cells are fighting over what to think about, but try to get them to focus up. Excuse me for being conscious of our non-sport people listeners, okay? Excuse me for that. Because some people don't follow sports religiously. They don't know the greater context. My bad. My bad. Uh, now, a... Someone's feisty. <laughs> an NFC South versus NFC East showdown. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, led by the one and only Baker Mayfield, take on the seemingly broken Philadelphia Eagles in Tampa Bay. That'll be a good matchup as well. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in that game, man. I do. I, I really don't know what's going to happen. I do. Do you? The Eagles are going to continue to eagle. 
All right. They got the Philly special a few years ago. They should be content with just being relevant. We'll see. We'll see. Um, But then the key marquee matchup in the NFC, in case you missed it, I think it was five seasons ago, Jared Goff was traded from the Los Angeles Rams after taking them to a Super Bowl. There's no way that was five seasons ago. When was it? I don't know, like three? Nah, it was at least four. But anyway, whenever it was, anywhere from three to five years ago, the Detroit Lions traded, or the LA Rams traded Jared Goff, a, a quarterback who had just taken them to a Super Bowl, to the city of Detroit for Detroit's longtime quarterback, widely known as the best quarterback, or one of the best quarterbacks to never win a Super Bowl uh, because of the absolute horrendous city that was Detroit for a long time. Uh, Matthew Stafford over to L.A. And, of course, in the first season of uh, Matt Stafford's tenure in L.A., they win a Super Bowl. Uh, Detroit has found its own in Dan Campbell. Jared Goff has been playing like a top six, top seven quarterback in the National Football League. Did you look it up? When was it? Yes, it was approximately. You just looked it up. Why do you have to look at it? It was approximately 114 weeks ago. Is that... That's like two and a half years ago. Then never mind. It was more than that. It was like... It was it was January thirty first, twenty twenty one. That was when the trade occurred. Okay, so three years ago. Not quite. Three years ago. Not quite. Three years ago. Mm, not quite. Don't it was do it. three years ago, Thomas. I mean, it was three. It was two years and fifty three weeks ago. In twenty one days. Wait. It will be three years ago. How many weeks are there in a year? 52. Never mind. There was three years and 49 weeks ago. No. Yeah. Two years. 20, you said it was in 2021. Two years and 49 weeks ago. There you go. There we go. Yeah. Jeez. Listen, listen, listen. Don't confuse <laughs> me, okay? Ugh. Anyway, I say all that to say this. The L.A. Rams are traveling to Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions. This is going to be a home game in Detroit. It's Matthew Stafford coming back to his old stomping grounds. Is he going to get revenge on this team saying, you never once, you never once did anything for me. I gave you my blood, sweat, and tears, and you couldn't even get me a decent weapon. And now, now you get all this? Now you get all this? Breaking news. I'm going to... Give it to you. Breaking news. David of the Here So We Don't Get Fine podcast does not think Calvin Johnson was a decent weapon. They didn't give him Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson was there when he got there. Touche. The Or. Feisty. Or. You're being dumb today. I'm not being dumb. What can I say? Dumb. I have to be feisty. I'm not being dumb. You're being, you're being feisty and that's making me dumb. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. You need to calm down. You need to stop saying stupid crap. You need to stop saying stupid crap. Or will Jared Goff say, no, you traded me. You thought I wasn't good enough after I took you to a Super Bowl. After I was the leader of the number one offense in the National Football League. You shipped me out of time for this guy. 
I'm going to show you guys that I am good enough and send you to Cuba. Not Cuba. Uh, Cabo. What? Send you to Cabo. That's a interesting choice. Cuba. I meant Cabo. That's what you say. I don't think that's what you meant, though. I think you meant what you said. Regardless, I think this is going to be one of the best games of the weekend, of wild card weekend. There's only six games, and I think that's going to be one of the best, given the history behind it. Yeah. Now, also, on the AFC side, mm-hmm. you have the Cleveland Browns. Joe Flacco. Without Deshaun Watson, taking on the Houston Texans, also without Deshaun Watson, which <laughs> I, unironically is pretty funny. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> I think that is absolutely hilarious. This guy, three years ago, says, I don't want to play for you anymore. You guys suck. Trade me. They trade him to the Browns for an obscene amount of money. Uh, they're awful with him. And now, he's sitting at home on the couch, and both of these teams are in the playoffs. And I think that's just hilarious. That's got to be a weird feeling for him. Uh, probably. Yeah. You're the problem, Deshaun. Probably a pain in his shoulder. <laughs> but I just think objectively that's funny to yeah. me. Yeah, no, um, I would agree. But we also have the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Buffalo. That's Take on a, the Buffalo Beals. That's going to be a blowout. Is it? I, listen, Mason It's going to be 10 degrees and have 40-mile-an-hour winds, Thomas. Yeah. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are going to eat. Yeah, but there's no T.J. Watt. Yeah, but there's James Cook. James Cook, like the fourth best running back in the league this year, James Cook? Yeah, overrated. That's an aggressive opinion. You're an aggressive opinion. I told you, you were being feisty today. You're being feisty today. No, you said I was being dumb today. I can't be dumb and feisty. Why? I don't know. I'm dumb and feisty. I don't know. Those are the rules I just invented. You just (laughs) invented? Invented. Uh, and then the last matchup of the week is the Kansas City Chiefs taking on their old wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, and Tua and the Dolphins. Tyreek Hill might double his yards on the season in this game alone. It's going to be negative three degrees in Kansas City. I mean, Mike McDaniel has been very open in the past about his love for playing in the cold. Well, the Dolphins under Mike McDaniel have not won a game under 40 degrees, so... I thought they beat that uh, Buffalo team last year when they were talking smack about, oh, it's not Miami, you're going to have to come play in the cold. And then he wore that hoodie that said, I don't mind the cold or whatever. Maybe they've won one. Boom. But I think they're like, they're either, they either haven't won one or they're like one and eight or one and six or something like that. Point is, it's going to be a good game. Tyreek versus uh, the team. Chiefs. Last time this happened, the Chiefs won in Germany. So, who knows? Maybe this is a revenge game for yeah, Miami. I think I think it's more it's going to be more uh inspiring for Tyreek Hill to be playing in Arrowhead as opposed to in this random German yeah. stadium, you know what I mean? A lot of defensive injuries for Miami. Yeah. And the third best defense in the NFL for Kansas City. Yeah. So, but thankfully Tyreek Hill is not a player that you need to throw the ball to to get him involved. You can just hand it to him. That's true. That's true. So. But anyway, that is your 2023-2024 NFL playoffs. It's going to be a good uh, playoff matchup. We will be picking those games tomorrow. Uh, so stay tuned for our our deep an- an analysis. 
mm-hmm. as we go into it. Um, it's going to be a good week of football. I think a lot of people are surprised by a few of the different playoff teams this year. Um, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good. C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans, first rookie quarterback, first rookie quarterback and coach duo to win the division in NFL history. Yeah, dude, that they got something special brewing down in Houston. They're only the third sure. rookie quarterback and coach duo to make the playoffs. The other is Chuck Pagano and Andrew Luck, and I forget the third one. You weren't going to ask me to guess them? That's rude. Guess the third one. I like guessing things. I don't remember the third one. So. Chuck Knoll and Terry Bradshaw. I don't know. Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians wasn't a rookie, and neither was Tom Brady. Peyton Manning and Did not Tony three and thirteen first year. Okay, 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 okay. Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. Highly doubt it. Possible though. Marvin, I think they only made the playoffs once. Marvin Smith and Carson Palmer. Certainly not. I don't know. I don't know. See if I can look it up. Phil Jackson and Kobe Bryant. Did I was I right? Did I win? Uh, well, we're talking about the NFL, so no. I mean, technically, semantically, what I mean, Phil Jackson wasn't a rookie. I I don't know rookie head coaches. Oh, I lied. Andrew Luck and Chuck Pagano were the only ones. Oh, so this game was rigged. This game was rigged from the start, trying to pull some oh, shenaniganery. Never mind. What? I lied again. Make up your mind. I lied again. How many were there? Uh, there were, obviously, D'Amico and, and CJ. CJ. Um, Pagano, Pagano and Luck. And then there were three more. What the heck? It's my bad. It's my bad. Is Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury on that list? No. Okay. Okay. Drew I'll Bruce. give you the years if you want. Yeah. Uh, two in 2008 and one in 2009. Oh, okay. 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 Vince Young and Mike Malarkey. No. Okay, excuse me. I don't, I don't think Mike Malarkey was the head coach from Vince Young. He, he definitely wasn't. That was Jeff Fisher. Um, two in 2008 and one in 2009. Correct. Okay. 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 Can't be Bradford. Ooh. Flacco Harbaugh? Flacco Harbaugh. Oh, that's a good one right there. In 2008. Who was the coach of the Falcons the year they drafted Matt Ryan? That is correct. I I can't remember his name, but... I'll give you a hint. He has the same last name as their current, well, most recent head coach. Same last name? DJ Smith. No. Arthur Smith. No. Dean Smith. No. Michael Smith. Close. Mike Smith. Mike Smith. Boom. And then 2009 is the last one. Oh, 2009. Let's see. That was like Jamarcus Russell draft class. I can give you a pretty good hint. Was it Josh Freeman and um, who's coaching the Bucks at that point? Was it Bowles? Josh Freeman and Todd Bowles? No. Jake Locker and Mike Malarkey? No. Uh, was it Jake Locker, though? No. Oh. Can I get a hint? 
butt fumble. Oh, Brady Belichick. No. No, I'm kidding. Mark Sanchez and Rex Ryan. <laughs> I was about to say, you think that was Brady? <laughs> no. Uh, Rex Ryan and Mark, Mark Sanchez. Sanchez is correct. Um, but yeah, so, congrats to D'Amico. Congrats to CJ. Don't, Great time. Don't get embarrassed. Storylines from the rest of the week. You got anything? I did not know I was just running this thing. No, uh, I definitely got my head. I got my wires crossed in my brain on what I, for some reason, in my brain, I thought we were doing storylines, game, and pick. To no, that's the next pod. Wait, so then what storylines are you looking for? Wait, yeah, no, storylines is this week. It's right now. Okay. Tomorrow is picks, MVP awards, or. End of season oh, the awards. awards. The awards. Yeah. Tomorrow's end of season awards, game, and picks. Okay. 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 I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. The Steelers are starting Mason Rudolph instead of Kenny Pickett. A healthy Kenny Pickett, mind you, in the first round against the Buffalo Bills. I think that is silly. I agree. Uh, you know what Mason Rudolph is? And Mike Tomlin, it's very consistent with his, you know, if we're if we're winning games, we're gonna we're gonna go with the guy who is winning us games. I don't think it's so much of Mason Rudolph winning you games as much as it is you are winning games with Mason Rudolph. You know what I mean? I mean, Mason Rudolph is averaging like three hundred yards and two touchdowns a game. Yeah, but the only quarterback who isn't in that offense without Matt Canada is Mitch, and that's because Mitch is addicted to throwing the football to the other team. Uh, I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with the decision, but let me ask you this. Okay. Are we going to have an Alabama Tua Jalen Hurts? Oh, on, most definitely. Most definitely. They're, they're down start, by 10. They're going to start. Like, listen, Mason Rudolph is starting this game. He will not be starting the second half. Okay. I don't think they have to pass it a lot. They don't, but. A couple years ago, Mac Jones had three pass attempts in a snow game with 40 mile an hour wins and a victory. Okay. Over the Bills. They also had Prime Ray Rice back then. Who? Wait, are you talking about this season? No, two seasons ago. Oh, never mind, never mind. I thought you were pulling deep into the... Mac Jones against the Bills. There was like 40 mile an hour wins. It was snowing. He had three pass attempts and they won the game. Why did I think you said Joe Flacco? I don't know. That's a great question. Yeah, that is a great question. (laughs) Uh, No, like, here's the thing though, right? Quarterbacks like Mason Rudolph don't necessarily have to throw the ball to cost a team a game. It could be fumbles. It can be poor clock management. It can be bad handoffs. Mason Rudolph was apparently terrible at handing off the ball last week. Could you imagine if like the he's in shotgun, the ball gets snapped, and the wind just moves it behind Mason? Which would not be Mason's fault. But like the point is, is like even if they don't throw the ball. I'm more comfortable with KP being there. Yeah, I agree, man. I I understand taking the hot hand, but, like... It's a playoff game, dude. You know what Mason Rudolph is. And, like, I'm not saying that Kenny Pickett is going to be better. But as of right now, I would rather roll with Kenny Pickett. Hey, he did beat the Ravens in Week 18. He beat a a second-string Ravens team. Congratulations. Tyler Huntley, though, bro. Tyler Huntley is okay. He's fine. Literally, 
last time we talked before this game, you said Tyler Huntley's pretty good. He's basically Lamar Jackson, but like great value. He's pretty good. I mean, he's good against the Steelers, but he wasn't last week. Uh, I believe the Steelers are now like 7-1 and one against the Ravens in the last eight or some crazy crap like that. That math maths. We haven't played a lot of Lamar Jackson. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, that was a good game. Steelers ended up pulling it out. Mitch did. did not look nearly as good. Uh, Mitch on the other hand, the, the Texans Colt not Mitch. I meant Mason. Yeah. <laughs> on the other hand, the Colts uh, did not look good. Gardner Minshew should be fired and cut him. I'm kidding. Don't cut him. He's a good backup. But like this, hand him the keys. This game showed us why Gardner was not. Hand him the keys the to the city, bro. Uh, in case you missed it, the Colts and the Texans were battling. Uh, for what we know now to be the division. We didn't know that at the time because the Jags had not yet yet lost to the Titans. But now we know they were fighting for the division. The Colts were driving. Jonathan Taylor is averaging five and a half yards of carry. Uh, we have four yards to gain. It is fourth down. We've passed the ball twice in a row instead of running Jonathan Taylor, which doesn't make sense. Uh, and we decide... To pull Jonathan Taylor, the running back we just spent $14 million a year on, and add in our third string running back, Tyler Goodson. Yeah. Uh, Which is fine. He's been pretty good. He played a game a few weeks ago that was really good with Zach Moss being injured and Jonathan Taylor being injured. Um, They go with a pass play. He does a little out route. Gardner throws the ball and to the point where Goodson is running at an angle towards the end zone. And he has to turn his body a full 180 just to get his fingertips on the ball. And he there was no one within seven yards of Goodson. Wide open. Gardner puts it behind him. And low, he does not catch the ball. The Indianapolis Colts turnover on downs. The Texans kneel it out. The game is over. We do not win the division. We do not make the playoffs. I've never in my life wanted to punch a hippie more than that game. What did a hippie do to you? Gardner Minch is a hippie. He has long hair, drives a trailer, and lives in jorts. He's a hippie. I mean, fair enough. You know what my favorite part about that monologue was? That wasn't a monologue. What? Uh, It was a monologue. was when you were talking with your hands, but using your hands to describe, like, what route he went on. I was also explaining it. In this audio medium. I was also explaining it. I was doing that for my brain. Okay. Me showing it out could help me. Shut up. <laughs> I'm just saying that's my favorite part. No one had to know that. I was watching you and I was just like, this guy looks so dumb right now. No one had to know that. <laughs> okay, class, if you'll look at the whiteboard, <laughs> there's uh, your homework for the day. No one had to know that. Yeah, well, they do now. So. Anyway, the Texans win the division. Good for the Texans, man. I like CJ Stroud. I really like D'Amico Ryans. They showed a lot of grit in this game. It was a. A pretty ugly game, to be honest with you. Uh, a lot of mistakes on both sides, but they showed a lot of grit. This Really, all season, this team has showed a lot of grit. So, 
as much as I wanted the Tex or the Texans, the Colts to win, I'm happy for D'Amico and for CJ. CJ is so freaking good, dude. Um, but I'm also excited to be battling with him for the next couple years when Anthony Richardson comes back healthy, if he can be what he showed flashes of being before he had the season-ending surgery. Hey, you dropped something. I did. Yeah. Uh, I think it just goes to show that some people should not put as much stock into that quarterback memory test that they give every year to the incoming quarterback draft draftees. I agree. Because uh, one of us was a very staunch proponent of him being a bust because of his score, David. Uh, I never once... I never once said that. Just just trust me. Okay? Was that you? Did no. you say that? And no. now you're trying to pawn it on me? No, 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 no. You said that. It sounds to me like you said that, and now you're trying to pawn it off on me. Don't gaslight me, David. I never once said that. Don't, I don't, don't, literally, don't when I heard me. rumors that Stroud was going to drop because of that test score, I got elated because I thought we were going to get Stroud. Mm-hmm. I loved Stroud from the beginning. I, could I didn't think he would do this. I didn't think he would be this good. Do not get me wrong. At least not immediately. Um, but I loved him from the beginning. I just didn't, I didn't again, want to emphasize, I don't want to take too much credit. I did not predict this. I, sir, I think I even picked the Texans to finish last in the division. Um, did not expect this at all. But I did expect him to be good for sure. Okay. If you say so. You're trying to you're trying to pawn off what you said on to me, David. I, I was see. here. I remember. Clearly not, uh, because clear. I have never once been low on CJ. You were extremely low when you thought the Colts were going to get him. No, I was not. Yep, I was low when I thought we were going to get Will Levis. No, I was you, pissed when I thought we were going to David. Get Will Levis, you are a noted CJ Stroud hater, dude. You have been nothing but not hating true, on CJ Stroud all season. Not true. Because you're worried he's going to take away the spotlight from Brock. What? Yeah. I heard I heard your conversations. What? I hear them. What does that even mean? I hear things. How would he take the spotlight away from Brock? Because he's, a new, he's the new shiny young quarterback. It's not Brock Purdy anymore. He had a Purdy good run, but it's over. It's now time for CJ Stroud. Now who's gaslighting who, man? Where did you come up with all these? I what are you talking? Don't don't try and play neutral. Don't try and play neutral for the fans. <laughs> I I'm I love Brock Purdy. You. I still think Brock Purdy's better than CJ Stroud. I knew it. I knew it. What are you confirmation? David is a CJ Stroud hater. Not true. I love CJ Stroud, which is very unfortunate because I hate the Texans. Uh but I like Stroud and D'Amico, man. I really do like I like that team. I hate them, but I like them. You know what I mean? Not really. I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory. No, no, I get it. But like, then, then, then you do know what I mean. I mean, I don't like personally know what you mean, but like I, abstractly, I I'm know not what you going mean. to root for their success. But I'm not going to be success. Success. I'm not going to be sad when they have it. Actually, you know what I, I like do? I do know what you D'Amico. mean. D'Amico. I really like JJ Watt. I really like. Uh, <clears throat> CJ Stroud. I really like Tank Dell. Like, I feel I, that way about the Ducks in hockey. I don't. What you don't like the Ducks? I hate the Ducks. Why? Duck the Ducks. Duck the Ducks. But replace the first D with an F. Duck the. Nope, I said the first D. Oh. 
It's our little saying. My little saying. Yeah, I was about to say, this is not our little anything. I hate the Ducks. That's all you. I love the Mighty Ducks. Great movie franchise. The Mighty First D. Ducks. Yeah. You replaced the first D, though, with... No. The first D and Duck the Ducks. The Mighty... Ducks. Blank. Ducks. Expletive. Ducks. Okay, 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 okay. I'm pretty sure that was on some site you visited. No, no, no! Don't, don't, don't be, don't, don't be like that. Okay, that's that's. We need to move on and get some more headlines, Thomas. Uh, well, I'm just saying, David, you're the one who's talking about the mighty ducks. Bleep. Ducks. Bleep. Anyway, uh, the Lions close out the NFC North by defeating the Minnesota Vikings. Pretty easy one. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys absolutely dominated the Washington Commanders. The Bucks. Did not give Bleep. high hopes for the playoffs. I said the Bucks, not the Ducks. Bleep. Did not give high hopes for their playoff appearance against the Philadelphia Eagles. Only being able to beat the Panthers 9 to nothing, But nonetheless, they did win 9 to nothing to secure the NFC South. Because my brain was still stuck on the Ducks. When you said 9 nothing. Like when they only won nine nothing, my brain was like, oh, only nine nothing. Excuse me, David. Oh. That's a, that's a, because <laughs> you were thinking hockey. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what's a good game to you? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, no, that game was a bit of a snooze fest, but yeah. I think we all kind of saw that coming to a degree. I did not. I did not. Really? I thought Baker Mayfield would do a little more than that. Yeah, against Carolina. <sighs> last game, last week of the season. That's kind of a... They needed the win to secure the division? And what did they do? They won. I just thought they would do it more handedly. I mean, it doesn't matter how... Listen, a win is like ice cream. It don't matter how you get it as long as you got it. It certainly matters how I get ice cream. No. If you pooped in a cone and you said, David, this is ice cream, I wouldn't eat it. Well, that's not ice cream. That's poop in a cone. If you poop in a blender, mix it with milk and freeze it. That's just frozen poop. No, it's ice cream because you mix it oh, with milk. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's frozen milky poo. You mix, you blend it together, silly. I'm talking about like legit real ice cream. I but. still, like, I'm not going to take it from like a random person on the side of the road. I would. You're telling me if some creepy dude is like, hey, little boy, you want some ice cream? I'd rather steal it from a child, but. You would just take it? I mean, it depends on the flavor of ice cream. <laughs> Oh. Are you going to tell me that that's not a relevant part of the discussion? Yes, I'm going to tell you that. If some creepy dude offers me ice cream on the side of the road, I'm not taking it. Well, if some creepy dude offers me, like, vanilla ice cream, I ain't taking that. But, like, if he busts out some, like, coffee ice cream or, like, some Butterfinger ice cream or, like, some chocolate ice cream, like, there's going to be there's gonna be a little, a little debate in my head. You're going to get kidnapped and murdered one day. Probably. You're too trusting of people. That's because people are great. We have stuff to talk about, Thomas. Stop. Quit take... getting us off on these tangents. I'm the one taking us on tangents. You're the you one who brought up ice cream. You're the one who can't you stop monologuing to save his life. You're you the one who brought up, up hockey. Ice cream. You're the one who brought up dirty words. Like, you, you brought up hockey. No. You, you brought, brought up hockey. hockey. You said you, the ducks. You. You, you, you said, not, yeah, I'm like that with the you, ducks. You, you will not put this evil on me, Ricky Bobby. You will not do it. 
Resume the Cincinnati Bengals take down the Joe Flacco-less Cleveland Browns to be 9-8 and eight on the season. And for the first time since the 1930s, every single team in a division had a winning record. The best division in football, baby. The uh, Ravens obviously sitting at 12-5. and five. The Browns at 11-6. and six. The Steelers at 10-7. and seven. And the Bengals at 9-8. and eight. First time since like 1935, I think it was. Which is crazy. I think... I think in the last five years, we've had discussions on who the best division in football is. Yep. Right? Uh, it was supposed to be this division. It was supposed to be this division. It was supposed to be this division. And they've all faltered. Mm-hmm. For instance, the AFC West two years ago, the AFC East this year. And when they've all faltered, we never then had the discussion, so who really is? Right. We just we've simply like, stayed oh, with, division. oh, it, well, it wasn't them. Yeah. And I think if you look at the last five years... It's got to be the AFC North. I think it's the AFC North, man. I don't think it's close. I don't think it's even close. Here's my thing about the AFC North and the success that they had this year. They were the first team since the 1930s, or the first division since the 1930s to have every team have a winning record. Yeah. Yeah. They did that with the Ravens unable to keep a fully healthy roster to save their life. The Steelers did that with Matt Canada running the show matt canada mitch trubisky and mason rudolph yeah the or the i already did the ravens the browns did that with joe flacco dtr quarterback and dtr because deshaun watson sucks and the Bengals did that without joe burrow for half the season yeah like if this was a fully powered fully healthy division oh my god god have mercy on the rest of the league patrick mahu I mean, Patrick Mahomes is still the best quarterback in the league. Yeah, but he doesn't. He's not nearly as shiny when he's getting bopped out of the playoffs in the first round by an AFC North. But that's not. He's not even facing an AFC North team. I'm saying that if the AFC North was what it could be, we would not care about Patrick Mahomes. You should. He would be at home chilling with the Mahomes. All right, buddy. Anyway, and Taylor um... Swift. <laughs> Anyway, the Bengals getting that win was huge for NFL history. Uh, But also NFL history, the Jets beat the Patriots for the first time in a very long time. Um, Just in general? Yeah. I don't remember how long. I probably should have looked that up. I wasn't really planning on going through every single game, but here we are. Uh, The Saints beat the crap out of the Falcons. Uh, I'm interested to hear your take on that Saints-Falcons game, the end of it. Uh, in case you do not know, the Saints are winning 41-17. to They get an interception down to the one-yard line off of Taylor Heineke. Uh, they set up in victory formation. And then instead of kneeling, they do a fake kneel, hand the ball to Jamal Williams to get him a touchdown. And that's significant because Jamal Williams uh, led the league in touchdowns last year. And mm-hmm. then this year was put into this weird role where yeah. he was only getting five snaps a game. And did not have the opportunity to get a touchdown, so had zero so far this year. Um, Dennis Allen has came out and said, Dennis Allen and James Winston have both come out and said that was a team decision. Dennis Allen had nothing to do with it. In fact, he said not to do that. And then they chose to do it anyway. He's come out and apologized to Arthur Smith. He apologized publicly, saying that is not who we are. That is not our franchise. 
that was ridiculous. We won't happen again. Uh, the team, on the other hand, was like, this guy's been working his butt off. We know how talented he is. We wanted to get him in the end zone one time. So that's where the story lies. So what is your opinion? Arthur Smith was fired up. Have you seen the clip of him yelling at Dennis Allen? I haven't, but he should have been. <laughs> he was. He was. He walked over. He's like, that's BS. That's effing BS, man. What the heck was that, man? That's BS. Then he walks away, and then like a Saints assistant comes up and says something, and he flips back around. He's like, no, F that, dude. Like, he was <laughs> I don't hate the decision to give to get the score the touchdown. Me neither. Because uh, ultimately, like, if you don't want the score run up on you, stop it. You know? That being said, a fake kneel. That's the part that pisses me Are off. you serious right now? That's the part that I don't like. A fake, like, the victory formation is the victory formation because it's not a try-hard play. It's a... There's no sense in continuing and creating a dangerous situation that can lend itself to an injury to not just the offense, but the defense. And I understand that trick plays are part of the game. I do think that the context, though, is important. Because at this point, when you go into a fake victory formation, which is something that we've maybe only ever seen once ever I've never seen it personally, and I wouldn't be shocked if some of the players on that field had never even heard of that. You're creating a situation that lends itself to injury because you're making players react last second and do these sharp jolts with their bodies, sharp plants that they're not ready to do with their legs, and that lends itself to a significant injury. I have no problem getting the guy who works his butt off a touchdown. There's no problem with that at all. But you set such a dangerous precedent now we heard people talk about it when Kenny Pickett did the fake slide in his last game at Pitt and how that was now a dangerous precedent because now defensive players are less inclined to let you give yourself up so now you're going to create a situation where in some game somewhere a player is going to get hurt on a knee because they're expecting the possibility of it being a fake and on a play that should be a that's game there, there's no effort, some guy's going to come flying over the line and just take someone's head off. Like, that is... I'm, I understand getting Jamal Williams his touchdown. I understand running up the score in that context is not viewed favorably. I think anyone would get over it, though, for Jamal Williams. Have you seen that man speak? He is the embodiment of joy and elation. A fake knee, though, is disgusting. Yeah. Uh, that was a good monologue. Um, Thanks. I agree completely. Ex- everything you just said, man. Um, I think a lot of people have a misconception that people are angry because there was a... Because it was run. Because they were up. running up the score. Yeah. That's not why people are angry. People are angry because of the fake victory formation. They were losing 41-17 to 17 with like 30 se- or a minute left in the game. Like, who cares about another seven? That's yeah. not what people were upset about. It was the fake knee. I have never once in my life, I've watched a lot of football, I've never seen anyone give more than 20% effort on a fake, on a knee. Yeah. Ever. The the per, the only people giving effort is the center and the quarterback. And so now you have five linemen who are prepared to hit Yeah. versus five defensive linemen who, who are, are not, not prepared to get hit. They're not even prepared for contact. You have a running back... 
who is prepared to drive. A tough runner, too. Prepared to drive. And you have defensive ends, safeties, and linebackers who are not prepared to make a tackle. And so when that happens... They're just waiting for the opportunity to walk off the field. It is simply waiting, like you said, to cause some sort of injury. It sets a dangerous precedent, not just for defenses, but for offenses, right? Like you said, what happens when a defense thinks you're going to fake it? And so they jump over, maybe they collapse alignment into the quarterback. Boom, that quarterback season is over. Boom. So I agree completely. It's similar to me to the uh, Aaron Rodgers situation with the vaccine and immunized... People or Aaron Rodgers seems to think that people are upset because he wasn't vaccinated. That's not why people. Even are though upset. people are upset because he lied about being vaccinated. Kirk Cousins isn't vaccinated. No one. Lamar cares. Jackson's not vaccinated. No one cares. No one cares. Um, God, dude, I have. It's not the. It's not what you think it is. People. Yeah. The the outrage is not because of running up the score. It's because of the fake meal, which sets a dangerous precedent. It's disgusting. Has no place in football. It's just disrespectful yeah. also. Because I would be willing to bet that Atlanta would have been. Like, if Atlanta knew Jamal Williams doesn't have a touchdown, they see an I formation and they see Jamal Williams back there, they are not going to be upset because they're going to – now they're going to try to stop him. Yeah. But they're still going to not be upset but you're because playing they a game. understand. They're in yeah. the locker rooms too. They have guys who need incentives too. They have guys who work their butts off too. So they would at least understand trying to get your guy – his first touchdown of the season. Yeah. But I agree. The fake Neil, absolutely absurd. And Jameis Winston, a lot of people are calling for Winston's job. I don't think he thought about all that in the moment. I think he was purely thinking about his teammate and trying to get him in there. So I don't necessarily I don't necessarily blame him for that. I do think he had horrible responses. Like, in responding, he took zero blame. He never apologized. He wasn't like, ah, they'll get over it. Like, he even said, he was like, come on, they already had 41 scored on him. Because clearly the point was flying over his head. So I think his responses were a little flat. Uh, But I don't necessarily blame him for the decision because, again, he wasn't thinking about all that. He was only thinking about his teammate. I don't think he should be cut immediately, like Shannon Sharp said. I I think that's a little... I don't think he should be cut. I do think he knew what he was doing, though. Because here's the thing, and I only can speak to my experience. My experience was when I was in elementary school and I first got into football via Madden, and I noticed that there was a fake spike button or a fake spike play. My brain immediately went, huh, why isn't there a fake kneel? And then two seconds later, my elementary school brain was like, oh, why would you ever do a fake kneel? Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Because the reason of a fake spike is to catch a team sleeping and get some yards on a play where you're trying to drive down the field and the clock is a, is relevant. Yeah. A fake knee has no place in the game. There is no context where you can say, yeah, we were going to knee it, but instead we decided to fake it. And the surrounding context would be, make me be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, if you're ever lining up to take a knee, that should be what the play is. That's a, that's a white flag play. I agree. I agree, but we're running out of time, so I want to hit three more games very quickly, and then we'll get into coaching, firings, and rumors. Uh, number one, the Titans into the Jags season. The Will Levis or Ryan Tannehill, excuse me, led Tennessee Titans ended up winning twenty-eight to twenty over the Jaguars, uh, knocking the Jags out of the playoffs. The Jags might have some more issues than we thought when they were sitting at eight and three. Uh, I don't think it's that. 
to me, I think they were the, one in five in their last six. They were, they were, uh, and I and I do think that there is some growth that needs to be done. I think that we were inherently expecting the Jags to run away with the division this year, partly because we did not see Gardner Minshew's performance with the Colts coming. We did not see C.J. Stroud coming. We did not see Will Levis coming. So this was supposed to be a slam dunk walk in the park season for the Jags, but the difficulty got upped out of nowhere. And I think that's more the cause for the Jags missing the playoffs. Now, is that one in five stretch to finish the season important? Absolutely. But this is still a young team whose expectations were inherently higher than they should have been at the start of the season, given the weakness, the perceived weakness of the surrounding competition in their division. Yeah. No, so, that's fair. That's fair. I definitely think the AFC South is a better division than people give credit. Yeah. And well, I, I mean, I think in years to come, it's going to be as well. We were expecting. Two teams to be dog water, and the Titans and the Texans. There was one team that had a lot of that had a question mark on it, which was the Colts. And I still think that that team does have a few more things to iron out before you can accurately place them into a good versus not good category. I agree. Uh, so by process of elimination, we were like, "Oh, the Jags are going to sweep their division. That's six wins right there," you know. And that's yeah. just not what happened. No, I agree. I agree. Um... Turns out the deed was good. The adoption papers went through. It is final. Jordan Love is officially the father of the Green of the Chicago Bears. Happy for him. Um, I hope they're not too traumatized from their last psycho dad. Aaron has transferred uh, parental rights over to Jordan Love, and he continued to beat the Bears to secure the Packers a playoff spot in which they will travel to Dallas. To take Speaking on the Cowboys. of Aaron Rodgers, supposedly an ESPN exec like popped into like Pat McAfee's office or whatever. It was like no more Rodgers this season. He was on yesterday. I think it was because of yesterday. Well, last week is when he said all that stuff about Kimmel. But then he did the quote-unquote response yesterday. And he also came at another... like. So, like, a lot of... There's beef between ESPN and the Pat McAfee show right now. Well, I know because Pat McAfee came out against one of his bosses. And yeah. And said he's actively... Not bosses, but, like, mm-hmm. an exec at ESPN and said he's actively trying to sabotage but it, the show. But the point was is it was just an exec. Aaron Rodgers, on his uh, interview last yesterday... Came at the senior vice president. Mike Voss, are you talking about that? Yeah. Well, he was he responded to Mike Voss's tweet. He didn't come at Mike Voss. I mean, yeah, but Mike Voss's tweet is a senior vice executive tweet. It's a damage yeah, control tweet. I watched that whole interview. I it never to me seemed like he was coming at Mike Voss. He was To me the recent Aaron Rodgers videos just comes across as I can't stand Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to come at whoever I can to get people talking yeah. about me because I'm an attention whore. I really, like, I'm pretty over Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Like. Such a hard fall from grace. For someone who supposedly wants to just everyone to listen to each other and be accepting of each other. He doesn't listen to anyone. That and then him saying, from now on, if you want to talk about me, you have to tell me your vaccination status because that tells me a lot about you. Double vax, not boosted. That's very hypocritical. Like, we should just listen to each other and let people believe what they want to believe. 
also, you can't talk about me if you're vaxxed because you're an idiot. Like, you see, like, that's it's so hypocritical a, yeah. to me. And so I'm pretty done with Aaron. I still love the Pat McAfee show. Yeah. I don't, I love Pat. I don't think. Tuesdays are a lot less exciting now. I think it's a lot. I, I think it's really easy to paint a picture of Aaron on the Pat McAfee show. Mm-hmm. Because it is a thir- 20 to 40 minute video or interview uh, where he has a bigger platform than he does any other time. Uh, and I think he almost intentionally is pretty like inflammatory inflammatory. Um, but as far as like Pat and Rogers's relationship goes, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's not like that all the time. I would hope just like not. skip Bayless. Like you think skip Bayless is just a walking idiot encyclopedia 24 seven. No, he says that crap for clicks. He says it like that. Like, like he, like ice cube. You've seen Ice Cube interviews. I guarantee you, hanging out with the dude is not just like all of his hard like right. interview. Like, no, so I, 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 I hear you. I'm not going to sit here and say like a lot of people are like, oh, if Pat's friends with Aaron. Clearly, blah blah blah. I'm sure Aaron is very different off air. I'm yeah. sure he is, but I'm tired of him on air. For I'm sure. just like I still love Pat. I'll keep watching the show. I love the show. Uh, I do think a lot of what they do is like bits. I don't think they believe half the crap. Like you really think Boston Connor is as crazy of a nut as he seems on the show. Yes. I don't think he is. I think a lot of what they do is bits. Um, but nonetheless, I am tired of Rogers. For here's, sure. here's my thing, right? Like I don't care if someone, oh, by the way, du- also double backs, not boosted. I don't care if someone says inflammatory things. Cause like it's a, we live in a country where that is a right that you have. That is a freedom that you have, and it should be utilized. My problem is when I, like, I, I think half of the time with Rogers, he's just saying things to say things. Like, if you're going to say inflammatory things, at least have the, you know, just decency to actually believe them, you know? Don't just say things for funnies on national television, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm friends with Turner. Turner says inflammatory things, but I, I I respect that he genuinely believes what he says. Yeah. Does that make well, sense? I don't know that I... <laughs> yes, it makes sense. Whereas with Rodgers, I'm like, I don't... Dude, like, I feel like Nick Wright used disingenuous a few weeks ago, and that's just such the perfect word. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, I, again, I do love the Pat McAfee show still. I will oh, continue watching. Oh, hold on. Watch By it. the way, shout out AG. Shout out. Shout out AG. Yeah, Our friend out. AG. <laughs> we didn't shout him out in the shout outs the shout outs. So. He got upset. Yeah. He got upset. Um, Anyone else we forget to shout out? Did we shout out Ben and Maddie? Probably. Yeah, we did. Okay. Good. If we didn't, shout out Ben and Maddie. Shout out Ben and Maddie. Shout out Chris. Shout out Turner. Let's just shout them all out again. Shout out Catherine. Shout out Bridget. Shout out Kathy. My mom does not listen to this podcast. I thought she did. She does not. Oh. She'll listen once every five months. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Watch. She'll listen okay. to this one and she'll okay. text me. I do listen to your podcast. Okay. okay. You don't. Once every five months is not listening to our podcast. Okay. Aggressive. She doesn't have a lot of time. It's not her fault. I don't think she's like Why do you not supportive. Her? I just think she doesn't have a lot of time. So. Okay. Okay. She's okay. a very busy lady. Very busy. Very anyway, busy. Um, to, to bring it all back, I do – Pat McAfee did come out and uh, defend Mike Foss. Him and him and A.J. Hawk both did. They said he's a great guy. Um, so, 
yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know about this beef. I do know that a lot of people were upset with last week's comments about Jimmy Kimmel. Um, but nonetheless, love Pat. Tired of Aaron. I'm glad. Even Pat on the show today said Aaron Rodgers was done for the season, and even he's happy for it. He's like, even I'm excited, dude. My mentions have been crazy the last few weeks, and I'm ready for that to not be the case anymore. So even Pat's tired of Aaron, I think. Yeah. Or at least, at least, maybe not of Aaron, but all of the attention. The controversy. The all of the attention and the controversy spotlight. that Aaron brings. So, uh, But anyway, two more games. Uh, the Giants beat the crap out of the Eagles. They are broken. Wild. The, the Eagles' collapse has been wild. Uh, the Bills come back from being 6-6, six and six, d- dead in the water, to win five straight games and take down the Dolphins in Week 18 to win the AFC East. I don't think anyone called that. I don't think anyone predicted that. I sure as heck did not. But the Bills are AFC East champions and are the two-seed in the National Football AFC playoffs. Yeah, the uh, Eagles and the Dolphins both fumbling away their divisions. Love to see it. Love it, love it, love it. Love it, love it, love it. But with Week 18 comes a lot of coaching firings and a lot of rumors. Yeah. We'll start off with uh, the ones who have already been fired, obviously. uh, Or the ones who were fired in season, I should say. Josh McDaniels was fired out of the Raiders. Uh, Frank Reich was fired from Carolina. Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley fired from... The Chargers. uh, The Chargers. I think. Is that it? I think that's all for the in-season firings. Because there were a lot of guys who you expected to be fired in-season, but then weren't. Yeah. I believe... Looking through this, that that is everybody. As far as in-season fires. As far as in-season goes. So, now, moving on to who has been fired since the end of the season and who is rumored to be fired. Today, news broke that Pete Carroll would no longer be the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. He may take a different role within the organization. So I assume that was more of a parting of ways than a firing. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, longtime head coach, a very successful coach in both college and the NFL, Pete Carroll, is out in Seattle as the head coach. Wild to me. Wild to me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, he's not fired, though. He's just... I was your guy... I could have seen Thomas's face. I stopped and looked at him. He has this blank look on his face. And then all of a sudden, oh, you're you're waiting for me to say something. Okay. Uh- <laughs> Sorry, I just didn't want to interrupt your uh, monologue. It looks like he's moving to a front office role within the organization, which makes sense given his response to a press conference a few days ago where he said the plan was, as of that day, to be the Seahawks coach for next season. So the only thing I can think is that he is moving into a – what? Ron Rivera also fired in season. No, he was fired at the end of the season. Ron Rivera was not fired in season. Yeah, he was fired like the day the season ended. All right, then we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, so I, I think it'll be interesting to, get to uh, see how that 
transitions. I think it's going to be a little hard for whoever comes in next if P. Carroll is still in the building. Yeah. Because it's kind of going to be like this big brother watching kind of thing. Also, I, they won a Super Bowl, went to another one. Like I think Dan Quinn is probably the most like likely head coaching replacement as he was there during the formation of the Legion of Boom, got a ring with them. That just makes the most sense to me. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Was he the DC during that time? I believe so. I don't know, man. I don't know if Dan Quinn's going to leave Dallas because last season he had a lot of people offering him the job and he said he wanted to stay in Dallas. Yeah. I think it's a little different though when you're going back to where you've won a ring. Yeah. But also the head coach, like, just for me personally, mm-hmm. just thinking about me personally, if I went like as was a head coach, went to the Super Bowl and then blew the biggest lead in NFL playoff history. That, I thought that was Shanahan. Uh, he was the head coach of the Falcons wow. at the time. Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Okay. Um, I he got a lot of hate yeah. after that. I think I'd be pretty content making. $8 million a year as a DC for one of the best defenses in the league. There's a 0% chance he makes $8 million a year. How much does he make? I don't know, but like $8 million a year would put him as top 10 highest paid coach in a season. I think I'm pretty sure that the pay scale rise for going from a coordinator to a head coach would be well worth it. Dan Campbell makes $5 million a year. Dan Campbell? Dan Quinn. Dan makes Quinn. $5 million a year. That's a lot for a DC, dude. He's a good DC. Yeah, but that's a lot. He's a good DC. But moving on, uh, this is probably the most surprising firing so far to me. I think the dumbest firing so far to me. Uh, The Tennessee Titans have fired Mike Vrabel, which is absolutely insane. Mike Vrabel was the coach of this team Mm -hmm. during the best four-year span of the franchise's existence. Yeah. And because he had two bad seasons, because you've given him absolutely nothing, because you held on to a horrible GM for way too long, a GM who traded his best offensive weapon, and you're going to fire? Like, that's crazy. I mean, Now, speculatorily, speculatively, the speculation is he and the GM did not get along. Mm-hmm. He had the guy he wanted to hire as the GM when Robinson was out. He recommended it. They hired somebody else. That caused a rift. He was never. He's never been uh, super close with Rand Carthon, and so supposedly that's an issue. But after four consecutive winning seasons, including division titles and AFC Championship appearance, Mike Vrabel is out after back-to-back losing seasons. I I still hold that Mike Vrabel is one of the best coaches in the NFL. Um, and I think he's going to find somewhere quick. And we'll talk about where he might end up in just a second. I don't know that I would call him one of the best coaches in the NFL. I do think that he should not have been fired. Um, I I think that I, – I guess I can sort of see the reasoning if I try really hard and I squint. It looks like Derrick Henry's moving on from that team. They shipped off Kevin Byer. There's a new GM – it looks like Ryan Tannehill is done, essentially, as the starter. It's the changing of an era. And some GMs feel that it is easier to do that when you don't have the last regime's coach. Or the last 
team's coach. You know what I mean? So, like, I can see the decision. I don't agree, man. I do think, though, that the NFL has proven to us, especially in recent history, that that good coaches don't just grow on trees. Yeah. Uh, So if you have a good, great, or an elite coach, you should do everything you can to hold on to them. Yeah. No, I agree, man. Um I don't that's just so crazy to me. I think he's gonna land somewhere. I think he's gonna be good. Uh the last coach that has been fired postseason mm-hmm. uh was the Washington Commanders head coach Ron Rivera. This is long time coming. He's not a good coach, he's never been a good coach uh in his entire career. I think pretty much everyone I think he including Ron knew this was coming. Yeah. He seemed more oblivious to what was happening with the team this season mm-hmm. than when he was away from the team during cancer treatment. Yeah. Like, he was so bad this year. They've yeah, been so bad the last I, couple of years. Yeah, but you also got to keep in mind, like, there's a new... I don't. I think regardless of what Rivera did this year, he was gone. Because uh, it's a that similar... also not the last one, I lied. There's two. It's a more. similar approach to... Uh, a new GM wanting to move on from a coach. New ownership would want to ge- generally will look to move on from the current establishment and kind of make the team theirs. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but also having fired their head coach, there's one more that I missed because this article suddenly got long for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, the Atlanta Falcons at like 12.04 a.m. in yeah. the morning time. Fired Arthur Smith after he becomes the first coach in NFL history to lose 10 games in each of his first three seasons with a team. It's almost like if you don't use your star players, bad things happen. Yeah. Yeah, almost. I'm just happy for everyone in Atlanta and everyone on the Falcons roster, specifically Bijan Pitts in London. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there have also been a lot of coordinator firings. We're not going to go into all of those. Um, but as far as rumors go, there are still heavy rumors that Bill Belichick is going to be out in New England, which I think would be also nuts. But if he does, the rumor is that he's very interested in the Chargers job. And then the rumor is that the Patriots would then hire Mike Vrabel as their head coach. I think that makes the most sense. I mean, Mike Vrabel embodies New England football, not just from a coaching standpoint, but as a player. You know, there's those players... There are those players who are on teams, and you're like, yeah, this makes sense. Like, T.J. Watt in Pittsburgh... Or Zeke in Dallas when he was still there. Or Peyton yeah. Manning in Denver. Like, these things just make sense. All right. What? You're the worst. You want to tell me I'm wrong? You're the worst. Uh, now, there have also been questions regarding Robert Sala's position. Uh, Woody Johnson has come out and said his job is safe. Uh, however, a lot of people are not so happy about that. Uh, and then there's also been questions with Mike McCarthy when asked about it earlier this year, despite winning the NFC East, despite having back-to-back double-digit win seasons, despite having Dak Prescott have his best season of his career, first season without Kellen Mond. When asked about it, Jerry Jones said, we'll see how the playoffs go and evaluate it from there. 
So Mike McCarthy's job is also not entirely safe. Uh, yeah. I think Matt LaFleur had some rumblings at the beginning of the season, but I think he's quieted those pretty well with the playoff appearance. I think Jordan Love has quieted those. Well, yeah. Uh, and then Matt Eberflus. The Chicago Bears have come out and said they are going to remain with Matt Eberflus. They've hired or they've fired a lot of coordinators, but they've came out and said they are keeping Eberflus and they are uh, currently reviewing all the film on Justin Fields to decide whether or not they're keeping him. I don't like that choice. I also don't love it, and I'm a big Eberflus guy. I'm I, here's my thing, right? Like I'm cool with it if you ultimately decide you're keeping Justin Fields. I don't think I think it's a I think you're burning a year if you decide to keep Eberflus and draft Caleb Williams because I think you're positioning yourself to be in a situation where you're moving on from Eberflus next season or the season after that and you're giving you're and forcing your second year rookie is going to have a brand new coach a brand new coach a brand new playbook likely an entirely new coaching staff like yeah. I think that they're playing I think the Chicago Bears are at a crossroads. There were no ties this season. I just realized that. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, the, the Chicago Bears are at a crossroads. And what they decide oh. to do on this crossroads <laughs> determines where, like, how are the next five, ten years going to be as a Chicago Bear? Are they going to be, like, the last five to ten years? Or are they going to be more reminiscent of that in the 80s? Because the Bears have, they're in a good spot. They have the first overall pick. They have an additional first-round pick on top of that. They have other draft capital, and they exceeded expectations this year. So does this team still need a lot of pieces? Yes. Personally, I don't know if keeping Justin Fields is the right move. I know that if you decide to keep Justin Fields, that opens up a number of options you can do with that number one overall pick. And maybe if Justin Fields isn't the answer, maybe you want to move on from that pick anyway and fill in a more competitive all-around team so that when you finally do get your quarterback, they're not set up to fail. Yeah. Uh, Now, there are a lot of other teams who have question marks at head coach, like the Saints and Dennis Allen and the Bucks and Todd Bowles. Uh, But for now, those are the ones who have been fired and the biggest rumors of coaches who might yet still get fired. So far, there have been seven. Adam Schefter predicted seven to ten and closer to ten. So yeah. uh, we will I see and we will keep you updated as they come along. Yeah, well, I don't know. Which coach you think is getting fired next? I don't know who uh, me and Thomas are giving the MVP to. I don't know if David will ever know what a monologue is. I don't know if Thomas is going to guess the city right or guess the rivalry right in the game tomorrow. But listen, I don't know about you, but uh, we're, we're just, just here so we don't get fined. <laughs>